Here comes the money. You're now listening to the Gambling with Gold podcast with Jason Gold. Presented by Champions Round. Hello and welcome to Gambling with Gold. My name is Jason Gold and on this episode I am excited to be joined by Dr. Ed Fang. He is the uh, proprietor of thepowerrank.com. He also hosts multiple podcasts including covering the spread and the football analytics show. He literally wrote the book on how to win your March Madness bracket pool. I cannot wait to talk to him about the Sweet 16 and reconnect after many, many years of chasing him down online when I used to work at Bleacher Report for all of his numbers and information to make me sound like I knew what the heck I was talking about writing articles for Bleacher Report. So anyways, Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Jason. Really excited to be here and talk some basketball. All right. So the Sweet 16 starts Thursday afternoon, 4 p.m. West Coast time. First game on the board, Arkansas plus nine and a half versus Gonzaga. The total sitting at 155 and a half right now, according to BetMGM. Excited about this game. Gonzaga has had two, probably closer than they wanted to play in the first two weeks. The game against Memphis, obviously a nine seed, but playing you know way above their head there. Really talented yeah. squad. Took yep. them all 40 minutes to get it done. Where do you kind of land on this number? Looked like it opened at around eight and a half, now sitting at around nine and a half in most markets. Uh, what's your take on this game? I believe Gonzaga to be the prohibitive favorite in this tournament. I believe it's Gonzaga and then uh, a gap and then other teams that can also contend for the national title. Uh, two of those teams actually lost in the East, in the East region, I believe, Baylor and, and Kentucky. I thought they were they were in there, but you know, as far as this game goes, I, I certainly believe that uh, I believe Gonzaga should be the prohibitive favorite. I, I really like what I mean. It's it's remarkable what Mark Few has done there up in Spokane. The the, the college basketball system is kind of set up so these little people don't ever get to the top of the sport. Yet he's somehow been able to do that. Seven straight Sweet Sixteens, and um, just. Great consistency with the program. I think he's eventually going to get a national title. Um, you know, I still wouldn't make him the favorite to do that this year, uh, just just with what's going on. But um, he's got a great program there, and uh, I really like that team. Uh, I have this number at Gonzaga minus eight and a half uh, with my model, and I actually bet Gonzaga at eight and a half because usually when you see these favorites with the Gonzaga, you know, the top teams in the nation, you have to pay a point or two to bet that favorite, right? And I actually expected this line to get to nine and a half. I'm surprised I got there this this fast. I did bet yesterday. I'm not sure there's as much value betting the favorite here. Um, and uh, actually, we'll talk about it with Duke too, another favorite that was kind of getting the credit in the markets, and that has completely evaporated. But right. Yeah, but, go for it. Sorry. Yeah, and, and just one thing, yeah, they, they got a heck of a game from Memphis, and Memphis is a really talented team with multiple NBA players, and uh, we should acknowledge that. But they were awful. Gonzaga was awful from the foul line, and uh, they made their last six to kind of sneak above 50% for the game, but they were awful from the line, which kept that game close. Multiple of those shots were the front end of one-and-ones, so you can easily see that being a nine, ten-point game, pretty close to what the spread expected had they shot kind of their normal percentage from, from the foul line. So, you know, I don't, I don't, 
I don't hold that game as like, oh, this isn't quite the team that we thought it was. Um, and maybe we'll talk about another seed, which I think maybe maybe it is a warning sign for for that team that they're not as good as as we thought they were. But I still believe in this Gonzaga team. There's nothing to put me off there. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I would bet minus nine and a half, um, but I, I do like this Gonzaga team. Yeah, I uh, I I bet Gonzaga at minus eight and a half also, and then I rebet it. I saw it at uh, minus nine at one of my books. So I was like, okay, I think nine is probably my breaking point here. Nine and a half, I'll stay yeah. away. Kind of like the under here. I do not really like this Arkansas team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're I think they're okay. Like they're a decent SEC team, but I don't think they do anything particularly special that's going to you know slow down Gonzaga what they want to do. Right. Uh, I also think that. Gonzaga potentially having Chet for the entire game instead of him, you know, being in foul trouble the entire game is going to make a huge right. difference. And Timmy, at just like we saw in the tournament last year until the national championship game, that guy is so reliable. And I think against this Arkansas team, he mm-hmm. can see a lot of his success. Uh, I actually personally have a stake in Gonzaga. I'm in a weird pool where basically it's a 64 team pool. Everyone gets a team and you basically have to cover and advance. So we right. got Memphis. So we got Memphis first game they covered against Boise. We got Memphis against Gonzaga. They cover and lose. So then we get gifted Gonzaga because they covered and lost. So wow. I have Gonzaga for the rest of the tournament. Uh, unless someone knocks them off. But I don't know how. There's no way that Gonzaga is going to be an underdog in any game the rest of the way. I don't believe. Unless there's some sort of yeah. massive injury. Right. So I, I need Gonzaga to cover all the way out. And hopefully it starts here against Arkansas. Uh, do you have any take on kind of the total in this game at 155 and a half? Yeah, I don't bet much totals. Uh, obviously, it seems like a very high one because both these teams like to play fast. Gonzaga likes to play fast. They're also uber efficient as well. Um, but but no opinion on on the total. All right. Yeah, the adjusted offensive tempo for both, according to Ken Palm, Arkansas is 28 and Gonzaga is 6. So you would expect to be a pretty high tempo game, which I'm going to guess also favors Gonzaga I think they're probably a little bit better at playing that offensive tempo game right and it also means that they're probably just a little bit more likely to cover a big number as well got it uh all right second game on the board this game is in San Antonio pretty interesting uh Michigan plus four and a half I know that you're in Ann Arbor uh versus Villanova 134 and a half is the total uh yeah market at least bet MGM sitting at four and a half little juice 115 towards Nova this opened at really five five and a half towards Michigan. And I, I have a feeling that you may be fading uh, go blue in this situation. Yeah. You know, I have been betting Michigan a lot the last, I would say three weeks. And it has been an interesting combination of betting on them and, and then betting against them. And I don't think this is a particularly good Michigan team. It's clearly a disappointment from the the team that started the season number six in the preseason AP poll. But I do believe this team has potential and a very bright future. Uh, Caleb Houston and and uh, Musa Dibate are they are talented five stars that maybe aren't quite playing like five stars yet. And I think we've seen uh, kind of a startling upside from Frankie Collins. He was, I, I, don't, I don't forget what his star rating was, but Devontae Jones, the point guard, got injured. Uh, Frankie Collins has come in and shown he's certainly quicker and uh, had a nice game against uh, Colorado State, a game that I, <laughs> a game that I might have given up on this program uh, if, uh, if they hadn't pulled that off because they were, Michigan was clearly the better team and they just needed to play like it, which they finally did in the second half. 
Coming into the tournament, I talked about this on my podcast on, on the Bracket Wisdom series. Michigan had a really kind draw. I had him as about three, three, three point plus point favorite against Colorado State. So that's the 11 over the six. And then I did not have them. I only had them as a three point dog to Tennessee. So I had the side there. And then I have them before. I, I mean, right now I have them as a three and a half point dog to Villanova. I do see some side. I do, do see some value on this Michigan team. I also, again, I don't think they're a very good basketball team. So it could be one of these games where they uh, they just simply don't show up. Um, Villanova is talented. It's not quite the teams that won national titles for Jay Wright. They're not as good defensively, um, but they they are still a solid team. Uh, a very difficult out. And, you know, Jawan, Jawan Howard uh, has never failed to, to make the Elite Eight as a player or a coach. So he's got a lot riding on this game. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure he gets it done, but but I do like Michigan's side. All right. So Michigan, at, is there a specific number? Is four and a half too low for you, or do you think that's still a viable point? Yeah, I think it's still a viable point. I actually haven't bet it yet. I'm probably going to go to it after we jump off the show uh, simply because I was uh, – you get in these dumb moods where you're like, oh, I missed a better number. Or I'm not going to yeah. bet, it, even though there's still probably value in it. That's kind of the boat I'm in right now. I, I am going to, I am going to go bet this. I think it's fine at uh, four and a half, especially if the juice is going the right way at Bet MGM. So my number is Villanova by three point seven points. Okay, so three point seven for Villanova, Michigan Bet MGM, yeah, plus four and a half, minus one hundred five. So. That's probably the breaking point here. Plus four, we're probably out. Yeah, plus four. Uh, yeah, plus four. I'm probably not interested in, but I think there'll be four and a half. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure it gets any lower than four and a half. I, I think you might, based on the juice, you might see a five before we uh, we're setting okay. down here. So I, I think yeah. it's possible. Every everywhere that I'm looking, I see the juice is one fifteen or shaded towards Nova. Um, the the only question is, Michigan's such a public school. Is there going to be public buyback come yeah. Thursday? Uh, where this line settles at four and a half. So maybe you see a five, but I think that betting at four and a half, you're probably fine here. Um, I have not made a determination on this game. I am a little interested based on what I'm looking at on the over uh, 134 and a half. My number says 137. Problem is their tempos are just absolutely terrible. I know that Villanova is yep. pretty uh, you know, efficient offensively, but their tempo, Michigan's 202, Villanova 345. So Despite the fact that Villanova is eighth in the offensive ranking per Ken Palm and Michigan is 19th, uh, they're going to have to be very uh, efficient against each other to make up for that tempo. So uh, based on those numbers, I'm supposed to bet the 137, but a little dicey, a little dicey. So I might stay away from that. Um, All right, next game on the board. This is a super interesting game. Game opened as Duke minus 0.5 in most places. Now it is up to Texas Tech minus one and a half. This game is being played in San Francisco. So Texas Tech minus one and a half total sitting at 137 and a half. I'm wondering, this is, seems like the first shot where the Coach K uh, retirement tour might actually come to a stop here. This Tech team is very, very interesting. Obviously the best defensive team in the country. Duke, their potential is, I mean, out of bounds. They have so many NBA guys. They can't even play all of them. And yet... They're so young, you can't trust them in a one-game scenario. They're so volatile. Uh, so what do you think is going to happen in this one? I I mean, I completely agree. I mean, Duke has the highest ceiling of any team in this tournament. Every single one of their starters might get picked in the first round of the next 
NBA draft. I mean, you can clearly see the talent. What I'm interested in is how the markets have behaved with this team. So if you think back to the regular season finale against North Carolina, you know, I had I had a number of that game. I think maybe it was nine and a half. And the markets gave Duke that extra respect as one of the favorites. I think they had minus 11 or something along those lines, which is what you expect with a, a talented team, a team that that a lot of people saw as the favorite going uh, one of the favorites heading into the tournament. And then we all know what happened. So they completely blew it in the second half in Coach K's finale and, and North Carolina won. Um, I actually bet Duke to win the ACC tournament, which was looking very good simply because the conference sucks. And then they get into that final and they, and, and Virginia Tech just shoots the lights out. Yep. And I think that is the bigger culprit. I think Virginia Tech is a good three-point shooting team and they shot really well. Was Duke de- Was Duke's defense great? No, it wasn't great at all. But uh but but uh yeah so anyways they lost and the markets have kind of started to shift you could kind of see that that duke number was right on my uh the, the duke line was right on my number against virginia tech which i thought was kind of interesting because I'm, I'm not exactly sure how much we should have downgraded i know they struggled a little bit in those two games uh before that and now now we get to the second round of the tournament uh, oh and let's uh yeah so they need a late comeback to beat michigan state but Michigan State shot the lights out from three, mm-hmm. and Duke did not. I mean, Duke definitely won in, in two-point range, which they should based on their length and their talent and, and Banchero's talent. Um, Banchero against Joey Hauser is just – is he, he often has these games where there's a guy that has no prayer of guarding him. Yep. Um, and that was one of them. Uh, Duke finally ended up winning the game. So they survived, and I know it doesn't look good, but Michigan State shot the lights out. And now we're coming into a game against Texas Tech. We still know about Duke's ceiling. And Texas Tech is a very good team, but they're not very tall. They don't have anyone over 6'9". And this was not a very highly regarded team coming into the season. They weren't even in the preseason top 25, um, which might seem a little weird for me to talk about. But I actually use the preseason poll as a, an assessor of team strength because it's it's predictive. So... I think this one's easy. I I, I I bet Duke this morning. Um, they should not be a dog in this game. My number says they should be about a half point favorite. Uh, I think they could be more. I think it's the kind of game where, yes, Texas Tech is a great defensive team, great defensive program under Mark Adams, but the superior talent of Duke has a potential to show up here and, and really take over this game. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Duke won handily. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost either. Uh, but I, I definitely think there's value here. And any, if Duke's not favored in this game, I think there's value. Yeah. So obviously they opened a little favorite. Now Texas Tech, one and a half. The market says, so I'm looking at Action Network right now, 36% of the bets are on Texas Tech, 47% of the money. So plus 11% there. So it's definitely yeah. a little sharp. Obviously, to move two points, you've definitely got a lot of early sharp action here on Texas Tech. I'm kind of with you. I'd rather take the chance on Duke overperforming in this game or performing to their potential with the guys that they have than banking on them to be terrible versus a Texas Tech team that I just don't like they're they're way more steady, right? And you're right. They they may come out, have a great defensive plan, stop Banchero and win this game. Maybe they coast because Duke can't shoot the ball at all. But I think that you're right that size inside for Duke They might just have a lot of easy buckets. And I would like to see Duke actually increase the tempo here and not play to what Texas Tech wants to do. I say you take it right at them. And if you lose that way, you lose. But 
you might as well use the athleticism that you've converted your entire program in order to bring in these sort of guys. This is right. what you're supposed to do. Yep. Why, why play to what Texas Tech wants to do? So I, I'll be interested. Maybe this is more of a live play. If I see Duke's tempo, you know, and they're playing sort of the right way early on, maybe that's the time where we go ahead and, uh, you know, lay some lumber on Duke live uh, money lines. Um, yeah, for sure. I, I believe in the upside of this Duke team. I don't, I don't, yes. Has their defense been great the last couple of weeks? No. And we've seen that in the numbers, but they still have the talent to get, to get this done. All right. Last game of Thursday, Houston plus one and a half versus the Arizona Wildcats. This game is in San Antonio. Total is 145 and a half. Line open to two, now at one and a half. Ed, I read your newsletter this morning. You can go to the Power Rank, go subscribe to that. It's free, comes right to your email, and I got some good nuggets from that. And I know that you like the Cougars in this game. Can you explain to me why? Yeah, I mean, they're just – I mean, Kelvin Sampson has an unbelievable team. They've, they are, they've always been a great defensive program, and nothing is new, even though this team doesn't have a single starter from that Final Four team from a year ago. And they're also really good on offense. You can tell again that Illinois, I mean, you can see it in the numbers, they're top 10 in offensive efficiency, but you can see what they do against Illinois. They move the ball quickly. They got guys that can uh, drive and hit some shots. Um, they're very efficient from inside the stripe as well. Uh, I like to call him little Kevin Durant. Uh, Fabian White is, is kind of an incredible story in that he was not, didn't start last year, came off the bench, kind of did some rebounding, did some dirty work, took, I think five three-point shots last season has come in. He wears number 35. He's kind of tall and skinny and he's got a Durant like release. And he's all of a sudden made himself into a 40% three-point shooter on over a hundred attempts. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty incredible turnaround. I really do believe in, uh, I mean, I think this Houston team is good. My numbers make this a pick. I do see some value Arizona. I, I mean, I, I highly respect this Arizona team. It's an interesting one. Again, like Texas Tech, they weren't in the top 25 in the preseason poll. But when you look at this team, you're kind of like, uh, what were you guys thinking, right? Benedict Matherin is, is a clear NBA talent, and Christian Coloco is, is, is also as well. They struggled against TCU. And, you know, unlike Gonzaga where they just missed a bunch of foul shots, like I don't think you can, I don't think you can necessarily come up with the same explanations for this Arizona team. Um you know, they, they just got – they got taken to them by a pretty good TCU team. Needed overtime to win. Arizona was definitely the better team. But, you know, might they be a little bit overrated as one seed? I think that's possible. Is this Houston team really good, even though they don't necessarily project as too many NBA players? Yeah, I think I trust my numbers on this one. I do think there's value on Houston. And and there was, uh, a, there was a plus two at uh, DK this morning. Oh, there you go. So a little plus two on the board. Uh, this – for me, is the best game of Thursday, and I don't think it's particularly yeah. close. Uh, Style-wise, you know the the just the talent on the floor, the style of coaching, how different it's going to be. You know, Houston, it, it kind of maybe not quite like last year, but a little bit of that Texas Tech. They'll lock you down on D, and Arizona, kind of in the Gonzaga mold, they just want to fly. And like you mentioned in your newsletter, they they do have some turnover issues. But it's because of their quick passing game. It's almost like the uh, soccer. It's like ding, 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 all over the place. And they move yep. it quickly. And they're able to find open spaces all over the floor. Um, just a matter of if they're getting to the line, if they're hitting their free throws, if they're hitting their threes. Uh, 
I don't know what to expect in this game. The TCU performance versus Arizona scared the crap out of me if I'm an Arizona fan. That TCU team is really tough, though. Uh, yeah, and so is the sure. season team. So yeah. I, I don't I don't know this I don't know what's gonna happen in this game. I'm interested to see. I have no bet on it, no dog in the fight. Uh, but I can guarantee you that if any team gets down by more than like eight points, I'll be betting them live as a dog for sure. Because I think this is gonna end up as a one possession game at the end of uh, 40 minutes. No, I think you're right that this is the best game of this round, and I would argue that the best game of the round of 32 was Houston Illinois. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you're seeing a pattern like this Houston team is really good. Um, I also think that I, I think the world of that Illinois team as well. I thought they could do I thought they could make a run in this tournament until I saw that they had to face Houston in the round of 32. And I mean, Houston is criminally, criminally underseeded as a five. Absolutely. They should be they should be a two seed by by the numbers. And, and um you know, they didn't have whatever the quad one wins. Um, it's interesting. You know, the committee has gotten a lot better at seeding, but not this year. I mean, Houston's a, a, an example of a team that was underseeded. Providence and Wisconsin were way overseeded. Those teams were really good in one score games. And that obviously affects your record, which goes into your seeding. But uh, yeah, actually, I guess we'll get to Providence. <laughs> pretty, pretty we, soon we, we will. I'm sure that we have the same kind of thought on that. But first game on the board Friday. The greatest story in the tournament, St. Peter's, their guys, uh, Brooklyn, New Jersey, New York, coming out, not scared of anything, played two great games, knocked out Kentucky in one of the wildest games that I can remember in the tournament, just looking at their size on the court. I couldn't believe that they were actually putting it together and then, you know, out-toughed them in overtime and then get the win versus Murray State. Meanwhile, Purdue, a couple of tough games, pulled it out at the end in the round of 32. Uh, They have... They have dudes. Just all uh, Zach Eady is an absolute monster. Watching him on the floor against the St. Uh, Peter's team will be hilarious. I don't know if anyone's going to reach up to like his like <laughs> middle of the stomach. Um, <laughs> right, exactly. Ivy is absolutely electric. Uh, he might be my favorite player to watch in the entire tournament. He reminds me of like a little. I haven't seen a whole lot of him before the last two games. He's got a little John Morant in him. I wouldn't be surprised. He looks like he's going to be a top three pick right now. Uh, he's awesome. Excited to see what he does. But the line, 12 and a half. The total is 135 and a half. This game is being played in Philly. Uh, pretty sure Purdue's going to win this game. I'm wondering if St. Peter's has one more run in them to keep it within the uh, 12 and a half points. No, I think that's uh, that. That's obviously the question. I have Purdue by 13 and a half. I've not bet this simply because I think it's a really big number. And I think that Purdue is a little bit overrated by, in my numbers, simply because they were really hot in the beginning of the season, making a lot of threes. And we've seen massive regression, as we expect, when every single person on your roster is hitting a career high in three-point field goal attempts. Um, for Purdue, except for Sasha Stefanovic, who's, who's just – a lights out shooter. Uh, he, he is, his true skill level is near the 40% or whatever he's at this year, but all those other guys are, are shooting career highs and, and that wasn't sustainable. I'm, I'm not exactly sure what they hit against Texas, but in their previous eight games, they hadn't hit 40% in any single game. Uh, three losses in those eight games. So, and, and Purdue uh, by the numbers looks terrible on defense. Uh, I think I had him 76 heading into the tournament. It's interesting because they had a lot of the same guys as last year where and that team was 25th in defense 
So I think the truth for that unit is somewhere in between. So it's a Purdue team that is not as good as their offensive numbers suggest. It's probably better than their defensive numbers suggest. I, I still don't really believe in them. They're going to win this game. But I didn't bet this game just simply because the number is so big. And it reminds me a lot. I mean, I did bet Arkansas to cover a pretty big number against Oral Roberts last year. Uh, kind of similar situation, Sweet 16. Didn't work out. It's not saying that's a, it's, it, it's just, it, it's just, an, I'm not saying that's why I didn't bet this, but it's an example of a game where there's a pretty big point spread um, and with a favorite that I don't particularly trust. So it's a stay away from me. Yeah, it's a stay away from me too. I would like to see a close game, but I think that it'll, it'll be interesting to watch one because we only get so many games left. And two, just the, the athletic difference on the court and the size difference right. is just going to be so stark. I can't wait to, uh, to watch it, but. If I'm not betting on Purdue, I'm secretly rooting for Peters to get this one done. I think that'll be a lot of fun to see uh, a 15 advance to the Elite Eight. All right. Uh, probably the most interesting game for me in terms of betting on Friday. Providence plus seven and a half against Kansas. Total is 141 and a half. I hate this Providence team. I've lost so much money on this Providence team. Uh, <laughs> I, I follow a lot of the, the luck ratings. From Ken Palm, obviously, they're the luckiest team in the country. Uh, right. I try to fade that whenever I can in good situations. And it seems like every time I did it against Providence in situations that were great, I lost. And the only time that they've lost recently is when they lost by 30 to Creighton, who is also right. one of the luckiest teams in the country. So I decided to stay away from that one. So I haven't even been able to profit on their 30-point <laughs> losses. At some point, I swear to God, I'm going to win a bet against Providence. It might be this week. It might be this game. I hope it is. I will be on Kansas for sure. But I have a feeling the market's actually telling me that I'm wrong. It's going towards Providence here. Is um, it? Yeah, it is a little bit. Uh, I, thought, sure. I thought I saw a lot of Kansas uh, minus seven sevens yesterday. The, and then a lot of seven and so a half today. I'm, I'm kind of basing this on some uh bet total so 64 percent of the bets 86 percent of the money is coming on providence so bigger bets are gonna are coming in right now on providence and the open was eight so we are a little bit lower at this point um yeah. maybe it's bumped up a little bit from that seven yeah i i hope that it gets back down to seven because i would like to bet this again yeah no exactly i mean i bet that kansas minus seven yesterday providence uh was 11 and two and games decided by five or fewer points heading into the tournament and that is why they are wildly overseeded as a four and then in their last game against richmond both providence and richmond took 22 attempts from three-point range providence hit 12 and richmond hit one so that is why providence blew them out um you know there's a lot of randomness in three-point shooting and um that you know that doesn't project forward so you can kind of throw that result out in some sense and kind of believe on your pre-tournament prior what you thought about this Providence team. And I just don't think this Providence team is very good. Uh, I do like Kansas. They're an explosive offensive team. One of the best in the nation. I have some concerns about them on defense, but I don't think it matters in this game. Uh, my numbers have Kansas by eight. Um, I would bet it. At, I, I mean, I love it at seven, probably bet it at seven and a half. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I expect the Jayhawks to run away with this. Yeah, so do I. And I'm hoping that they do because I really need a win versus Providence at some point uh, this season. Uh, the one thing about Kansas, I watched that entire Creighton game. Uh, I was in Vegas. We had a lot of live bets when that game was really close. Uh, so I, I kind of needed Kansas there at the end. 
I am so annoyed with the amount of long two-pointers that they take. I think it's a real killer for them as we go forward in the tournament. They love those 15, 17-foot jumpers. And that's it's just so inefficient that you get into a game next time. I mean, they're going to play, what, Iowa State or Miami in the next one if they get done with this? Mm-hmm. I don't like any either of those teams either, but if Kansas, pull, right. you know, if they're taking 15 or 20 of these two-pointers, they're going to get screwed at some point in this tournament. Right. Yeah, well, hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, they are. I mean, Obagi's been great from three. I think Braun's been – well, he's been good from two. I don't know what his three-point rate is, but they have the wing talent to to hang with anyone in the country. So uh, hopefully they'll stop taking dumb shots and, and start making some smart ones. Yeah, I would love to do that. All right, now my favorite game, maybe of the entire weekend, North Carolina, UCLA. Uh, North Carolina plus two and a half right now, over under 141 and a half. Another really interesting style matchup. UCLA, this Mick Cronin team, they love playing half courts. One of the reasons that I love them versus St. Mary's because no one's going to beat UCLA in a rock fight. They are going to win every single one of those. They did great against St. Mary's. This North Carolina team will run you to death. And I know that they blew a 25-point lead against Baylor. Baylor's a really good team. UNC was also red hot at the beginning of the game. They also get their guy who scored 12 points in like two minutes ejected as soon as he's off his hot streak that had to be super deflating but they get it done in overtime they get a win uh they have some days to rest this game's on friday i'm just super interested to see which style wins out here i think that if unc pushes the pace on them they could really beat ucla in this game and i kind of like them as a dog here even though i really really like mccronin as a head coach yeah i i don't know what to think of ucla i thought they were massively overrated uh, in last year's tournament in that run where Juzang got really hot. In that, I mean, you can't even find Juzang on draft boards these days, right? Like he just got really hot at the right time, which, you know, I mean, good for him. And then part of it's like my bias because, you know, they beat they beat Michigan and I live here in Ann Arbor uh, in that elite game. I mean, a game that Michigan absolutely should have won. Mm-hmm. Um, my numbers really do like this UCLA team. They're They're borderline top 10 team. I have them by about three in this game. Yeah, actually, I mean, I did I did bet them against St. Mary's. So I bet the money line against St. Mary's because I did think they would advance. Um, and, and as for North Carolina, I mean, did you not think that they were just going to get stomped when that game headed into overtime? Oh, yeah. After a 25-point lead, the fact – I couldn't believe that they won in overtime. I left to go to the bathroom in Vegas. I was like, well, this game's over. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I had a UNC plus five-and-a-half yeah. ticket. I was like, well, OT, that's where dogs go to die. Just rip up that ticket. I'm done. And then I come back two minutes in, they're up. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it either. Uh, I mean, you know, kudos to them for just being up in the game. They played really well, shot really well. Um, Against a very good Baylor team. Very, very good Baylor team. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I really, I, I think I'm, I, I don't have a bet on this game. I'm interested in watching it because it, it is a really interesting contrast of styles um and again like just me as a prognosticator i'm trying to get over my inherent biases over ucla and try to see them more objectively so uh, i guess i'll be working on that while i watch this game i i think the thing to like about ucla is uh, they're really starter heavy and all five of those guys that are out on the floor for you know 30 35 minutes a game mm-hmm. are pretty talented and they seem to work really well together they seem like a unit which right. is great. North Carolina is just dudes. 
and they can ball out like that. It's just like it's the it's the Duke thing. They got dudes. They got five stars all over the place. All these guys can get hot, and you know yeah. if they if they push the pace and they get hot like they were against Baylor, not even as hot as they were against Baylor, just a little bit. This UCLA team just doesn't have that high end five star talent to compete. I I am I'm hopeful because I'm going to bet UNC that Huber Davis is like, okay, guys. Just go. We got to score first one to 80 points in this game wins because we'll beat UCLA right. in that game. Um, yep. But I think we'll know pretty early. If they get into half-court sets, they're dead. Absolutely dead. UCLA right. will win that game. And how brutal uh, was it to watch North Carolina try to inbound the ball against Baylor's press? Oh, press-up? my God. It was just I, so – it's like you just – you keep trying the same thing and not getting the results. So – yeah. Again, yeah. I, highly talented team, and I—I I mean, I—I I was not—I was kind of against hiring of Hubert Davis. Has never been a head coach before, and you're kind of seeing that, you know, Steve Lavin roll the ball out there to talented kids, kind of attitude a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, clearly they got guys that can play. I mean, there's no doubt about that. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, it's it'll be. Yeah, I mean, I think UCLA wins this game and advances, but again, the styles definitely matter. I want to see how much of a dick McCronin wants to be because he could just go full court press the first five minutes of the game and just absolutely shatter UNC's confidence. So it's like, we saw well, what we, you couldn't do against Baylor. Let's go. Right. But then, you know, if they can break the press, then you have the, you know, then you kind of jumpstart their fast break too. So, but yeah, why not? This is the NCAA tournament. You know, and and just think about the position they're in, right? In in that region, where I think there's a very either of those teams is a very winnable game against Purdue in the next round. So, yeah, no, absolutely, they can beat Purdue. I I think I actually this is the one we'll get to it at the end, but this is the one region where I'm like, okay, I just want to bet whoever wins this game, and just right. roll over. So just. Bet money line on North Carolina. If they do that, just roll it over into beating Purdue. I think that's probably a better way to take this than betting them at plus uh, plus two fifty five right now. Um, but it'll be interesting. I definitely like right. both these teams. Whoever wins this to advance to the Final Four. All right, last game on the board Friday night: Iowa State, Miami. Iowa State currently plus two and a half. Total is one thirty three and a half. I have no idea what to make of this game. I bet against Miami. Uh, I bet on USC. That was stupid. Uh, I did not care about them in the last game. I did bet Iowa State in their first two games. I don't really love the team, though, just matchup-wise. Uh, this is definitely, like, the worst game of the, the Sweet 16 for me. Uh, it's kind of weird that they put it last as, like, the hammer. Uh, this should yeah. be, like, the first game off the board. Like, just get it out of no one wants to deal with it. But it's still a game that we could have bet on in the NCAA tournament, so let's discuss it. Uh, what's kind of your lean in this game? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I, I don't have one. I don't really know these teams at all. I have Miami by about a half point in this game, so that certainly suggests value on them. I, I Like I said, I don't really know these teams at all. It's not when – I, when I head into the tournament, like my analysis is really heavily focused on the teams that can win it all because that's what I need to do for uh, my customers in terms of bracket advice. So that means I don't know much about these teams, and um, I'm just going to stay mom so I don't – I don't uh, make a fool out of myself here. <laughs> I mean, it is uh, very interesting. I'm going to use some Ken Pun numbers for a second. Uh, Iowa State's offensive rank is 151. 
And Miami's defensive rank is 157. So they're both terrible at that when Iowa State's on offense. And then on the other side of the ball, Miami's offense is ranked 17th and Iowa State's defense is ranked 10th. So make of that what you will. It's strength on strength and weakness on weakness all over the place. Which one wins out? I don't know. Given the fact that I think that both of these teams are probably evenly matched, it kind of seems like a coin flip to me. If you have to bet it, my lean would probably be towards Iowa State plus two and a half. Just throw it out there, see what happens. Just a little bit of uh, money, maybe a little money line plus 120. But I don't think that either of these teams are going to get past Kansas. Uh, so I, I think that the Kansas right now is actually a good transition into futures bets. Uh, Kansas right now, minus 190 to win the Midwest. <laughs> I know it's I know it's a high number, but they're, they're minus 350 against Providence right now. We both think that Providence stinks. And Iowa State and Miami, we both don't know anything about and yeah. do not think that they can compete with Kansas. That minus 190, I, it might be a little tasty. Uh, I'm not, a, a, you shouldn't, you shouldn't yeah. bet the juice that much on, you know, a little randomness here. But right. I, I think Kansas is pretty close to a lock to make it to the final four. Yeah, I know. That's fascinating. I, um, I like to take, I like to identify the region of death, like, you know, in, in, like they call the group of death in the world cup. Yeah. This is the region of eternal life. Yeah. And this was the region of eternal life before the tournament started again, Providence and Wisconsin has vastly overseeded uh, three and fours. Um, man, man. <laughs> I mean, how thrilled. I mean, Kansas is a good team. Don't get me wrong. Auburn was probably not the strongest two seed and they got knocked off. Yeah. I mean, Kansas is legit. So you got to be thrilled to be sitting in the region of eternal life and, and looking, you know, minus 190. Yeah, minus 190. All right. Uh, why don't we do this? Who do you think is going to come out of each region? We'll just do it that way, and then we'll look at the odds, all right? All right, so the south. South, we have Zona, Houston, Nova, and Michigan. Who do you think is going to the final four? Yeah, you know, I, I, I honestly think it's Houston. My numbers will back that up by, like, you know, Point one point over Arizona. It's re- it's obviously really tight by the numbers. Um, I I just think I don't I don't I like the team. The numbers like the team, and I kind of have some questions about Arizona. So so I'll I'll say Houston there. It was uh it was also tight. I mean that was actually part of my bracket advice that, you know yes Arizona is a favorite and they probably get out of that region, but it's reasonable to pick Houston to uh, mix it up a little bit, and uh, I'm still going to go with that. So Zona currently. Plus 160, Houston plus 190. So if you would have bet that pre-tournament, like you told everybody, maybe a little value on that, that would have been a uh, a nice hit or at least a potential spot to fade here. Uh, West, Gonzaga minus 170, Texas Tech plus 350, Duke plus 450, and Arkansas plus 1,000. I assume that you think that Gonzaga is going to make it out of here, although maybe a game with Duke makes it a little interesting. Yeah, you hit it right on the head. I think Gonzaga should make it out of here. Can Duke beat them? Yeah, absolutely. And And they already have this year. But I expect that to be the matchup. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, Gonzaga, Gonzaga should make it out. Maybe Duke, Duke is a plus 450, third in the uh, region. Maybe yeah. interesting. Um, yeah, no, it is really interesting because, because I, I, I haven't run the numbers Sweet 16 for these, these final four probabilities. But, you know, I, I would bet that my number would kind of be right on the market in terms of Duke. So if you're betting Duke, you know, you're betting on, their potential to do it and and i did and i did uh i did take some 17 to 1 uh before the tournament on duke 
Nice. Simply because because uh, if Coach K is cutting down the nets, I would like some yeah. monetary compensation for for my wife by having the <laughs> for watch. watching that. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, Midwest, we already went over Kansas minus one ninety, Miami plus four seventy five, Providence plus five hundred, and Iowa State plus six fifty. We both think that Kansas is going to advance to the Final Four there. Although one ninety may be a prohibitive entry point on uh, yeah. buying this bet. Uh, East. Purdue plus 120, UCLA plus 200, North Carolina plus 255, and St. Peter's 1600. That's not happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that this, the price on UCLA or UNC is probably pretty good. It's just right. which one do you pick? And that that's kind of the hard part here. Uh, I don't feel confident in either in that game. Obviously, I'm going to bet on North Carolina, but I, you know, I don't think that's a lock by any measure. But I do think either team definitely has a chance to win against Purdue. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, Purdue probably should be the favorite slightly, but um, but yeah, there's definitely a possibility there. I mean, and, and Ivy is such a talent, as you mentioned, and such an explosive athlete. I think it kind of mirrors that the the rest of that team is not particularly great athletes, like yeah. very average Big Ten uh, recruiting rankings and and not not the most athletic team. Um, so, that, again, part of the reason why I'm not high on Purdue. All right. I think that that does it, Ed. It has been an absolute pleasure running through your numbers with you. Uh, maybe we'll do this before the final four. I'd love to have you back on sometime. You can go follow him at the power rank on Twitter and go to thepowerrank.com for all of his information. Go listen to his podcast, the, Analyti the football analytics show and covering the spread. So Ed, until next time, good luck with your bets in the sweet 16 and elite eight. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Jason. Have a good one. You too.